Well, amen. Open in your Bible with me to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 13. We are in a very large series through the Gospel of Luke called Jesus, period. And that's our hope today is that we might see Jesus. This section is the third section of, of Luke, and it is, uh, we're calling it the Son of Man, where the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so in Luke 13, verses 10 through 17, we see a beautiful picture of Christ rescuing a woman from her suffering and from her shame. So let's read God's Word together, Luke 13, starting in verse 10. This is the Word of God. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hand on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on one of those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at the glorious things that were done by him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word today, God. We thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ that we've already sung about and we've already prayed about, Lord, and that we see here in this passage, Lord. God, we want to be free, so would you come and bring us freedom in Christ? God, would you show us a picture in this story of just how wonderfully amazing Jesus is and how amazingly powerful he is to bring us true, lasting freedom? Lord, we pray that you would speak to us from your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we all want to be truly free, don't we? I don't know all of you all. I don't know everything about all of you all. But I do know one thing. You want to be free. There's something in your life that has you in bondage and you wish you were free. Some of us here are in bondage to our past. You, you just can't forgive that person who hurt you. Or you can't let go of the bitterness from that situation. You just can't be free of the pain from your past. Some of us are in bondage to an addiction. You can't break the cycles of substance abuse. Or you can't put porn to death in your life. You can't be free of eating problems. Some of us are in bondage to shame. We just can't overcome the self-hatred. We can't let go of how people have made us feel. You, you can't be free of hiding the real you. So whatever it is, there's something in all of our lives that has us in bondage. You might be a slave to your anger or your lust. 
You may be a slave to what people think about you. You might be a slave to anxiety or greed. We struggle to break free of our selfishness. We, we struggle to break free of envy or pride. We struggle to be free of the hopelessness that we often feel. So whatever it is, I know that every single one of us in this room wishes that we were free. And so I've got good news for us today. Good news for people who wish they could somehow be free. We've come to God's word and we've come face to face with the giver of freedom. And we find a story of a woman in desperate need of freedom. And we find a savior who graciously sets her free. You see, no matter how hard we try, we can never set ourselves free. You know, what we want are some steps. Give me a certain number of steps to take. What we want is some self-help advice. We want some easy tips to, to break free and be free in our lives. We want 10 easy ways to overcome bondage in your life. That's what we want. But friends, what we need is a Savior. We need someone who can give us freedom as a gift. And so my goal today is not to give you some self-help tips or some steps to take to be free in your life. My goal is to show you Jesus. So as we hear from the Gospel of Luke today, my prayer is that we would behold him. As we just sang, behold the giver of freedom. And as we behold him, that we, God would graciously give us that freedom that we desperately want and need. So notice first in our passage that Jesus has compassion for those in bondage. Jesus has compassion for those in bondage. Look at verse 10. It says, Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Remember, we're in the third section of Luke, and, and Jesus is on a ministry road tour going town to town to Jerusalem. And so he stops in every town and does ministry, and that's where we find him today. He's in a local synagogue. And I think, what in the world is that? Well, it's a local gathering of Jewish worship, worshipers. It was very common for the Jews on the Sabbath day to gather together in their community to worship in a synagogue. And so Luke tells us that Jesus is actually the guest teacher that morning. And while he's teaching, a woman enters. I'm sure there was lots of women there that day, but there was something unique about this woman. Luke, in verse 11, says that she had a disabling spirit and she could not fully straighten herself. For 18 years, he tells us, this woman has had a problem with her spine that's kept her literally hunched over and bent over. Now, Luke calls it a disabling spirit. And as we'll see later in the story, Jesus clearly sees this woman's disability as a spiritual issue. She has been bound by Satan himself for 18 years with this problem. Her suffering is the result of spiritual forces of darkness over her. So we have to pause here and say, wait a minute. Does that mean that all disability is connected then with demon possession? Is that what the Bible is saying? Do people with autism or cerebral palsy or diabetes, do they just have a demon? Well, there are certainly times where the gospel writers connect an illness with demonic possession or activity. 
But there's also times when they don't. But something that we have to understand is that in Jesus' mind, there is a strong connection between this disability and the demonic forces at work in the world. You see, he sees that disability and demons are both a sign that this world is fallen and in rebellion to God's goodness. Now, there's certainly much to love and to celebrate about people with disabilities. And certainly as the church, we should work hard to love and to serve and to care for those who have disabilities in their families. But just ask anyone who has a disability like this or someone who's in a family with someone like this. This is a reminder that something is wrong with the world that we live in. And it's this broken, messed up world that Jesus stepped into. And so here Jesus is teaching, and this broken woman walks into the room, and we have to ask, well, what in the world is Jesus going to do about it? Notice in our passage the the compassion that Jesus shows this woman. Look at verse 12. Luke tells us that when Jesus saw her, when he saw her, you know, there's something interesting about this story of a person being healing that is unique from all the other stories. She doesn't want, in this moment, to be healed. She's not asking Jesus. She's not interrupting the meeting. She's not crying for attention. She's not begging for Jesus to heal her. She just showed up to worship this Sabbath day. But Jesus sees her. And when he sees her, he decides to help her. Now, Luke doesn't tell us in this story why Jesus would help someone like this. But he doesn't have to. He's already told us in so many ways why Jesus would want to help someone like this. In chapter 1, Luke has told us that Jesus has come to shower us with the tender mercies of God. And then he has, in this section, told us story after story where Jesus has compassion on those who are suffering, those who are in bondage. And so Jesus sees this woman and his heart is filled with compassion for her. And so he decides to heal her. You know, when we think about our lives and the things that enslave us, it can be so easy to think that Jesus just doesn't really care. I mean, maybe he looks at us with condemnation. Maybe he thinks, well, it's your own fault that you're in bondage and not free. Maybe he looks at us with contempt and says, well, (laughs) I would never be like that. Maybe he looks at us with a cold heart and says, well, that's just not my problem. Friends, let this story remind us that Jesus would never say that to anyone. He never would say that to us. His heart is full of compassion. He didn't have to stop teaching. He didn't have to talk to this woman. He didn't have to set her free, but he was filled with compassion for her, and that heart of compassion led him to set her free. I saw this week a, a pastor post a conversation he had with his little girl online. She came to him and she was obviously sad about something. He said, Honey, what's wrong? And she said, My toy is broken. And so he said to her, Don't be sad. We can fix your toy. And then she said to him, Daddy, why do we fix? 
broken toys. And he said, honey, we fix broken toys so that they can work again. And she said, no. We fix broken toys because we love them. You see, Jesus doesn't fix us just so we can work the right way. He fixes us because he loves us. He doesn't heal this woman's back problem just so she can have a better life and work properly again. He heals her because he loves her. He sets her free because he loves her. You see, he sets her free because his heart is full of compassion for those who are in bondage. And it was Jesus' compassion that brought him to a world full of people in bondage. In bondage to our sin, and in bondage to suffering, in bondage to the power of Satan over us. And you see, that very same compassion led Jesus to the cross. And on the cross, he purchased our freedom. You see, freedom is not something we deserve. It's not something that we earn. God doesn't owe us freedom. It's not our birthright. Freedom is a gracious gift from a compassionate Savior. So friends, whatever has you in bondage today, remember that Jesus sees you and he loves you. And he has compassion on those who are in bondage. Jesus will not turn away anyone who comes to him desperate for freedom. So brothers and sisters, let's come to our compassionate Savior and find freedom in him. Notice secondly in our passage that Jesus can set us free from suffering and shame. He can set us free from suffering and shame. Luke tells us in verse 12 that Jesus calls the woman to come over to him. And he says to her, woman, you are freed from your disability. And then he lays his hands on her and immediately she's made straight and she begins praising God. I bet you would do that too if you've been bent over for 18 years and now you can stand up straight. Of course, you're going to praise God. You see, Jesus' compassion for this woman led him to free her from the suffering of her disability. I mean, just think about how terrible this condition must have been for her. I mean, it was more than likely a condition where the bones in your spine actually grow together and you're permanently just bent over. I mean, this would have made everything difficult for her. Dressing in the morning would have been difficult. Taking a bath would have been difficult. I mean, just walking around would have been hard. Standing up and sitting down would have been difficult for her. And more than likely, that if it's a condition that we know today, there's no cure for that condition. And so she's probably going to suffer for the rest of her life with this back issue. For 18 years, she's dealing with this suffering. But with one word, Jesus sets her free. Jesus does what only he can do. By the power of his word, he takes away her suffering and she's able to stand all. But notice how Jesus doesn't just free her from suffering. He frees her from shame, too. You see, the fact that this person is a woman already puts her on the outside of the Jewish community. But Luke loves to highlight women in his gospel. He loves to display their deep faith in Jesus. And more than that, he loves to display Jesus's deep love for women. 
You see, most men would not talk publicly with a woman. They thought it was shameful, a shameful thing to do. Every man in the room was probably feeling really embarrassed for Jesus in that moment because he's publicly talking to a woman. But he doesn't care. He loves women. He loves this woman. And more than being just a woman, she's disabled. And that makes her even more of an outsider. She probably felt embarrassed. She probably struggled to have conversations with people. I mean, how do you have a conversation with someone when you're bent over looking at the ground your whole life? She probably felt unwanted. She probably felt useless as a person. She probably felt untouchable. And for 18 years, she dealt with this shame. But with one touch, Jesus sets her free. Jesus does what only he can do. The power of his touch takes away her shame, and she is able to stand tall. You know, suffering and shame are both really hard. I mean, it can be easy for us as Christians to to think that these things are no big deal. I mean, God is for us, right? Suffering, no big deal. God loves us. Shame is no big deal. That's just a bunch of hogwash. (laughs) Suffering is really hard. Shame is really painful. Try telling that to this woman that her 18 years of suffering, hey, that's no big deal. You know, God, God is with you. Try telling her that 18 years of shame is nothing. You see, suffering and shame can't be fixed with easy answers. The sorrows of suffering can't be fixed with just putting a smile on your face and having a better outlook on life. The wounds of shame can't be fixed with just a good life verse. You know, if you just had a good life verse, you probably wouldn't feel that way. We need someone to free us from these things, don't we? That someone is Jesus. You see, he's not someone who stands far above our suffering and our shame. You see, Jesus didn't just fix this woman's suffering. He entered into it. You see, on the cross, he suffered physical and emotional pain. Jesus was wounded so that we could be set free. And Jesus didn't just fix her shame, but he entered into it. On the cross, he was publicly humiliated and put to shame. He was shamed so that we might be free. So brother or sister, are you suffering today? Y'all, it's okay to admit that it's really hard. You don't have to fake a smile and pretend like everything is okay. Jesus knows your pain. And Jesus wants you to be free. Now, certainly God has a plan for our suffering, and we may never fully understand it. I certainly don't know God's timing for your life. And the reality is, some of us may have to wait until heaven before we are set free fully from our suffering. So I don't know Jesus' plan for your suffering, but I know that he wants to set you free. And I know that one day he will do it. So if you're suffering, why don't you trust that Jesus has a purpose for your suffering, even if you can't see it. Trust that he is working through your suffering for your greatest good, even if you can't understand it. 
Trust that He is with you in your suffering, even if you can't feel it. You see, Jesus is the only one who can set us free from suffering. So trust Him with all your suffering. Brother or sister, are you struggling with shame today? It's okay to admit that it hurts. You don't have to hide and pretend to be someone that you're not. Jesus sees you and he wants you to be free. You see, shame tells you that if people knew the real you, they would never love you. Friends, Jesus knows the real you and he still loves you. Shame tells you something like you will never be accepted. You will never be welcomed. Jesus says, I accept you. I welcome you. Shame says you will never be good enough. But Jesus says, I will always be enough for you. So if you're in bondage to shame today, Jesus wants you to be free. He sees you. He knows you. He understands you. He welcomes you. He accepts you. He can heal you. He can cleanse you. He can set you free. So let this woman's story remind us that there is no suffering and there is no shame that Jesus cannot set us free from. No suffering, no shame is too strong for Jesus. So let's run to Jesus as the only one who can set us free from suffering and from shame. Lastly, number three, Jesus' freedom brings us true rest. So he's got compassion for those in bondage. He can set us free from suffering and shame. And then that freedom that he gives brings us true rest. So Luke tells us in verse 14 that the ruler of the synagogue was mad because Jesus healed this woman. And he's just not mad. He's ticked. He was indignant. Because in his mind, Jesus should not be healing on the Sabbath. So in a super passive, aggressive way, he addresses the crowd and says, Look, y'all, there's six days for work to be done. Come and let Jesus heal you on one of those days. Do you hear how ridiculous that is? This woman has suffered for 18 years and Jesus has just healed her and this guy's mad about it i mean how hard does your heart have to be if you get angry when jesus just healed a woman like this i mean that would be like jesus showing up here today healing somebody and me getting mad because i'm like jesus it wasn't in the bulletin why did you do that you know this man is so hung up on rules that he can't even realize that Jesus just did a miracle right in front of him. And so Jesus exposes his hearts. Look what he says in verse 15. He says, you hypocrites. Apparently there was more than just this guy who, were, who was mad at Jesus. Other people were feeling this way. He says, you're a bunch of hypocrites. And here's why. He says, Do not, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it. If you can set your animal free to drink water on the Sabbath, Jesus says, 
then why in the world can I not set this woman free from this 18 years of disability? Why can I not, he goes on to say, set her free from the bonds that Satan has placed on her for 18 years? You see, the Sabbath had become for many Jews all about bondage. It was about the things that you are absolutely not allowed to do on the Sabbath. But the Sabbath was really all about freedom. You see how Jesus has used the language of freedom in this whole story? He says you set your animal free on the Sabbath. That's a good thing. I set this woman free on the Sabbath, and that's even better. Why? Because the Sabbath is all about freedom. You see, the Sabbath day was a day for God's people to remember that they were once slaves in Egypt, but God set them free. And when God set them free, he gave them the gift of the Sabbath. Not to bind them, but to remind them that they were free. The Sabbath is a day to say, hey, we're not slaves anymore. We can work hard for six days, and then we can enjoy a day of rest. And why? Because we are free. You see, this is why Jesus thinks the Sabbath is actually the best day to heal this woman. I mean, what better day to bring rest to this woman than the day of rest? What better day to bring freedom to her than the day of freedom? Notice in verse 16 how Jesus calls her a daughter of Abraham. The Jews prided themselves on being the sons of Abraham. They were the people that God promised to bless and to bring blessing to all the earth. But Jesus is pointing out to them, listen, she belongs to you too. She's a child of the promises too. And if she belongs to the people of God, if she's a child of God, then God wants his children to be free. You see, they should have been jumping up and down at the freedom that Jesus just brought this woman. But instead, their hearts were hard. And so Jesus publicly shames them. And everybody else is rejoicing at the glorious works of Christ. You see, Jesus' mission in the world is to bring the ultimate Sabbath freedom to his people. Do you remember back in chapter 4? This is Jesus' first public sermon. He opens the scroll of Isaiah, and here's what he reads. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus says, God sent me to preach good news, to bring freedom to those oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, that last line is a reference to the year of Jubilee. And the year of Jubilee is just as fun as it sounds. It was the super Sabbath. You see, God commanded Israel to have a Sabbath day every seven days. They were to have a Sabbath year every seven years. And after seven Sabbath years, so 49 years, after that, the 50th year was the year of Jubilee. And on that year, debts were canceled. Land was returned to original owners and slaves were set free. The day or the year of Jubilee 
was a year of freedom. And Jesus is saying to us, that's exactly what I've come to bring. You see, Jesus loved healing people like this woman on the Sabbath because it was such a beautiful picture of why he came. Jesus wasn't bringing some new religious traditions. He wasn't concerned about creating a new school of Jewish thought. It wasn't his mission to start a new political movement. He didn't come to overthrow the Romans and to make Israel great again. Jesus came to bring us rest. And it's in his rest that we are truly free. You know, there's a scene in one of my favorite movies, The Count of Monte Cristo. There's a sailor, his name is Edmund, and he spends 13 years in France's worst prison. He eventually breaks out and finds buried treasure and becomes the richest man in all of France. He buys the best palace that he can find in France. But there's a scene in the movie where one of his friends comes to wake him up early in the morning. And he finds Edmund not sleeping in this amazing, big, comfy bed, but sleeping on the hard floor. And he says, what are you doing? Why are you on the floor? And Edmund says that after 13 years of sleeping on a prison floor, he can't get any rest in his bed. After 13 years, he struggled to find rest in a bed. I think many of us have been so restless for so long that we struggle to find rest in Jesus. We've spent so much of our lives in bondage to restlessness that we struggle to be free in Jesus. We're like Edmund when we have this amazing bed to rest in, but we're still restless on the floor. Famous musician Henry Rollins once said, I've been restless for as long as I can remember. Maybe you feel that way too. I'll be honest, I feel that way at times as well. I'm sure this poor woman suffering for 18 years felt that way. But just as sure as Jesus brought the freedom of rest, he wants to bring that same freedom of rest to us. And so maybe you're restless because you've never come to Jesus. St. Augustine once said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. You will never find true freedom and rest apart from Jesus. You were made for Jesus, and your heart will forever be restless until you rest in Jesus. Friend, if you've never come to Jesus, today would be a great day to come to him and find rest. If you would repent of your sins and, and confess your faith in his life and death and resurrection, you can be set free from sin. You can be set free from condemnation. And you can be set free to eternal life in Jesus. If you've never done that, would you confess your sins to Christ today? Would you believe in him for the first time? And if you would do that, even now at your seat, this moment, you can be set free today in Jesus. You see, the truth is, Jesus' freedom brings us true rest. And so, brothers and sisters, we need to press into that truth. We need to soak in this truth. We need to run to this truth over and over. 
We need this truth running through our veins. The freedom that Jesus has already given us is all that we need to find true rest. You see, he wants us to rest from trying to do more and more work so that we just might earn God's love and his forgiveness. Friends, Jesus paid for that on the cross. It's already finished. He wants us to rest from the weight of condemnation. The weight of feeling guilty. You see, Jesus has set us free from condemnation. He wants us to rest from our burdens that we face in life. The heaviness that we carry with us. You see, Jesus says, come to me and I will give rest for your weary souls. You see, when Jesus sets us free, we are free indeed. And it's in his freedom that we find rest. You know, Luke just ends the story here. And I'm sure that woman went home that night. I'm sure she stretched out long in her bed. And I'm sure she got the best night of sleep she had gotten in 18 years. Her body and her soul were at rest because of Jesus. You see, in his compassion, he moved towards this woman in bondage. And by the power of his love, he set her free from her suffering and from her shame. And the freedom that he gave to this woman brought rest to her weary body and her weary soul. And I'm sure that if you were to run into this woman later that week or that month or that year, you'd be like, oh, what? look at you. You're standing up tall. What happened? I'm sure her answer would just be Jesus. Jesus set me free. It wasn't positive thinking. It wasn't the best doctors in Palestine. It wasn't 10 tips to experience freedom in life. I got this little pamphlet. It was Jesus. Jesus set her free. Brothers and sisters, Jesus can do the same for you and he can do the same for me. He is full of compassion for those in bondage. He can set us free from our suffering and from our shame. And the freedom that Jesus gives us can give us the rest that we so desperately long for. So friends, let's be comforted by the compassion of our Savior today. Let's trust that He is working and He will work to bring us freedom from our suffering and from our shame. And let's rest in the freedom that he has so graciously given to us. And when people see us, and when they say, what what happened? You're free. Our answer will be, Jesus. Jesus set me free. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. We're thankful for this story. God, what a blessing it must have been for that woman to encounter Jesus. She might have just showed up that morning thinking it was just going to be a normal day. But she walked away set free by the giver of true freedom. So we thank you that Jesus came to a world for those in bondage. 
in bondage to sin, in bondage to suffering, in bondage to Satan. And Lord, we are thankful that Jesus has compassion for us. That he doesn't have contempt for us, saying it's our fault. He doesn't have condemnation, saying I would never do that. He doesn't have a cold heart towards us and says, that's not my problem. But he has compassion on us. And so, Lord, may we run to a compassionate Savior to find freedom, Lord. God, there are many here today who are suffering, many who are trapped in shame, Lord. And so we pray that Jesus would bring, suffer, would bring freedom to us in our suffering. He would bring freedom to us from our shame, Lord. God, we don't know your plan, and so we trust you. And we know that you're the only one that can actually bring us true freedom. So, Lord Jesus, would you do that today? Maybe today would even be the day that someone breaks free from an addiction or from a sin that is entangling them. Maybe today would be a day to break free from the shame they've been hiding for so many years. Today would be a day to to break free, Lord, from the secret thoughts of our hearts and to step into the light of Jesus. God, would you bring us freedom today? And Lord, would you help us to trust you for the rest of our lives or until Christ returns, that that's your heart to set us free and that you are working even if we can't see it, Lord. God, I pray for those today who may not know Jesus, that today they would come to him and be set free from their sins, set free from the condemnation of death that's over them. They would be set free to know eternal life and love in Jesus. And for those of us who are in Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ, may we experience that rest that Jesus was on a mission to bring to us. Rest from our strivings to earn your love. Rest from our weariness and the burdens that we carry in life. Rest from the condemnation that hangs over us. God, may we strive to enter into the rest that Jesus gives. And Lord, may we be the people who live as free people, who use our freedom to bring glory to Jesus. And who are quick to tell people it's Jesus who set us free. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.